Resonant Truth presents Natural Time, Mayan Astrology for a Modern Age. I'm Lisa Starr. I was raised in the faith of the Mayan sacred calendars. These ancient cycles have been resurrected for a modern audience and called Natural Time, in part because our year of uneven month lengths is, by comparison, really unnatural. I am not here to lead any kind of revolt against the Gregorian calendar, but I do want to bring the Mayan alternative to light and I want you to know about Mayan astrology, where the passage of time and your birthday within it has deep mystical and magical significance according to indigenous spirituality. I am passionate, I am transparent, and I am emotionally available, if not volatile. And that's because I'm a blue overtone storm. You can find out what you are at Resonant Truth. Today on the Zolkin Count is called Red Cosmic Earth, and it is the 13th day of the Red Serpent Wave Spell, and it is the Lunar Moon Day 21. And we are starting the last week of the Lunar Moon tomorrow on Tuesday, and I would... Um, celebrate that we made it through the three roughest weeks or sort of the most change-oriented, challenging, um, sort of the summoning time of all the challenge that is supposed to help us understand our year's arc and what in this year we are being challenged by and to grow through. Um, it has been a challenging set of weeks, but it didn't really differentiate itself from a lot of how my mind has worked my whole life. So maybe I'll feel this kind of invigoration when we get out of this moon because I'll realize, oh no, I wasn't just like falling back into the cesspool of my own negativity or doldrums. In fact, I was just fully inhabiting the lunar tone for 28 days where I noticed things that were um, pushing me into discomfort. I think if you listen to this podcast regularly, I'm pretty negative. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't want you to think that what I'm saying is that the lunar tone and the lunar moon, when we spend 28 days in it, is a time uh, of negativity, of just kind of being a naysayer. I just think it's a time where we admit vitally that there are things we're uncomfortable with. That's what a challenge is. Like, I'm not at ease with this. It's, it's setting me up to be afraid or, um, sc yeah, scared or sad, those two kind of primal uh, one is like an emotional tone and one is sort of like a survivalistic physical response. And our thoughts get in the mix and inform sadness and inform fear. And that's challenging. And what is my challenge? That question that's aligned with the lunar tone is telling us, you know, what in our situation is the next surface surfacing piece of our growth that we have to face. I'm going to pause for a minute and admit something that I realize, which is that if you have 
no knowledge of the Mayan calendars that I speak of here, it's impossible to just start listening to this podcast. This podcast must be apparently ostensibly designed for people that already have learned about the Zolkin and the 13 moon calendar in other venues, and then they come over here. You do hopefully come over here because you have basic working knowledge of the terms that I use. And then I never seem to just like ease us into anything. Like, remember how this all works? I just assume that you do. So I'm sorry to the one person who's listening for the first time today. There's a beginner's uh, episode that's supposed to give you some idea of how to uh, work your head and heart around this terminology. And then there's the internet. And then I wrote a book. I wrote two books. I have some old calendars that are awesome also, even though they're outdated in certain ways. So enough. What I mean by that, and this is sort of the ego piece of this, is like, I really promise you, I I made an effort for years um, and willingly with excitement to create an entry point for you. And it's available, but not really in the spoken word form. And now I just talk. I just talk about what's going on because it helps me be in the moment. And I think it uh, is important to be in the moment when you fall in these follow these calendars like the reason we follow them is so we can be in the moment with our excitable minds our imaginative minds this is a way to be in the moment that isn't really empty mind I got myself to podcast even though I've been sick for two days physically I think you know maybe kind of mentally in there but like I felt physically unwell uh, and I don't feel like I have a lot to share, but it's really important that we notice what wave spell is coming tomorrow. I needed to say it aloud. I needed to say it in the resonance field of resonant truth where I feel like you're hearing me, that I'm not super stoked that we're going into the white mirror wave spell. (laughs) And I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you a secret that I've been holding and I'm not trying to make this all about me, but this is a pretty big one and it's kind of emotional. Uh, I am going to be a mom again, if all goes as described, I'm adopting a baby and that baby just made it past its first trimester. So I feel really anxious about the white mirror wave spell because even though you know you get out of the first trimester and you start to feel like there's really a lot of vitality there um, I just feel very torn up about um, it's been five years of trying to get to this point and um, with two pretty sizable false starts and um, this one's been going really well and I think I've done a lot of the, the work in the journey that we have to do when we pick, when we make radical life choices. So I feel like I have done a lot of that work. And, uh, and yet I'm just such a believer in 
white mirror being a time of sacrifice and I'll talk about what that really means when I say it but just I've been holding my breath about okay okay here comes the wave spell and uh, I want it to go well um so let me talk about white mirror and then maybe I'll veer back to my personal life but white mirror the wave spell starts tomorrow one thing I'll say about it is that we have been through four pretty intense wave spells already and white mirror comes at the end in this um, you know I, I start us off with white world bridger and then blue storm and then uh, yellow human and red serpent and then we come to white mirror and those five wave spells obviously always situated at the same spot in the Zulkin. it's predominantly the second spiral of four a quartet of four wave spells the ones that live in the north I mean that's all very complicated layers of information but you know we always go through these wave spells in that order and in this part of the Zulkin, which is essentially once we get out of the beginning of the Zulkin, it's the next stage. It really pushes us into depth and grit and opens us up to places that we're not maybe agile. Are we agile as humans? Are we raised to be okay with death? No. Are we raised to be okay with crazy ass weather? Um, no, it's, it's like a, an unhappy mood to have a storm or rain. And how do we do with our own functioning, reckoning as a human species? Not great in our planet right now. Humans suck. Uh, and then Red Serpent just stirs up all that sensitivity to, you know, with parts of our body and our lower um, thought processes for survival and it's I mean it went pretty well didn't it we'll talk about that in a minute but you know the expectation with 10 portal days in the red serpent is that it has an intensification to it as well and then we get to white mirror and I will say this I guess while we go through white mirror as we're evaluating how it's going but from the outset the piece of information you need to know if you're a somewhat of a beginner or a beginner to my angle on things is that white mirror 100% oh that's a strong percentage it is about human sacrifice in origin white mirror is like an obfuscation of a sort a gentling of the concept that that day, that hieroglyph, that totem, and that section of the 20 tribes and moving through everything they represent in this sort of wheel of life that we're spinning around when we follow the 20 days, white mirror is the day to, to have a sacrificial ceremony. And for the Maya, they sacrificed human beings. So when we get to the wave spell, why don't we just own that together here? <laughs> because you can like read literature where you're thinking of it as like it's a time of reflection and, you know, I am another yourself. And uh, there are all kinds of like new age slash uh, psycho-spiritual lingo about like 
you know, we're just mirrors of each other. I'm your mirror. And that's great. Like Jose Arguello has brought in the right term. Like that also works. It is a time of reflection. It is a time of feeling that other people standing in front of us are reflecting what we believe and feel. And they'll say things aloud that it, it's like we could be saying them. It's like beautiful reflection and unity of purpose in some way. But over time, I'm all, oh, that's so interesting. Like, what does that word mean? Why? Why? What about the hieroglyph is a mirror? And then, you know, I, I knew through one particular, um, you know, article I ran into that it is a picture of the top of the pyramid. Top of the pyramid is where they use a handheld obelisk to cut your victim's heart out. Handheld obelisk is made of obsidian. Obsidian is the same thing that the Maya also prodigiously shined to make mirrors so they could see themselves if you're royal. And the last piece that needs to be added before everyone kind of freaks out, including me, is that human sacrifice for the Maya was not a like horror movie. It was an elegant devotional ritual reserved for the most esteemed members of their society. Here's like a, um, you know, kind of like an aside. I went down to the Yucatan once and it was with my, uh, with a bunch of 13 year olds that I, I was teaching them and it was a school trip. And so we were really into the cenotes and that's the um, freshwater, like, you know, cave pools that exist all through the Mayan territory. And, you know, we saw a cenote that also included places where they bound sacrificial victims and just tossed them in the water. Like they were only there was not only one way to have a human sacrifice ritual, and it's kind of famous that sacrificial victims were painted blue. Uh, so they're painted blue and bound and thrown into the pool. I don't know if they're blue at the top of the pyramid. Someone else Google that. But around, and th so that was the death that was like, I could picture that one when I was down there, like, oh my God, I mean, that's a big, steep drop. The other one was like being at the top of the pyramid. Yes, you can imagine someone like having their heart cut out because there's slabs like operating tables at the top of the pyramid for exactly that purpose. But somehow the cenote and the plunge and the drowning like was more um, emotional for me to perceive. But we're told that the winners of war and the winners of the, of the Mayan ball games uh, and the children of the royal children were the sacrificial victims. It was an honor. And I know this is repetitive, but that's part of White Mirror, by the way. Uh, its tone, its tonality is repetitive, endlessness. Um, I'm talking myself out of, you know, that this just has to suck. And I'm reminding myself, it is an ego death to go through white mirror, the wave spell, because 
there is going to be some kind of loss or a feeling of like, oh, that sucked. And yet, this is the, to me the kind of <laughs> the best exercise is that, but if you go through enough white mirror days and wave spells, you don't clutch anything as hard as you did before you ever encountered the white mirror concept. It is a teaching. 5% of our time is in the white mirror space. And when we really wake up and are watchful when we're in that white mirror moment, whether it's a day or 13 days, it will stay with us in the aftermath that it's really beautiful to not hold on as hard. And that when you have to let go, uh, you, you know, that's what I said to someone in a reading, like, so you let go because you have to, and then suddenly your hand is open f to receive the next thing or is open in prayer, you know, prayer hands. So I don't know. <sighs> It'll be fun to be back on the podcast and be like, well, this is what I noticed as a sacrifice. I feel very nervous. And uh, so let me just do a little reflective bouncing all over here. Like the red serpent wave spell that was, was a little lost on me. We had our last portal day on Saturday, blue spectral eagle. And I finally had this birthday party I've been anticipating for like seven months. And it went great. And my house is quote unquote done except for the attic and it's beautiful and I was told that so thank you everyone I'm not done renovating my house and I'm sad about that maybe that's my sacrifice but I am really close to being done so close that I'm kind of like tripped out and uh, it's just like a story you know like you get done with something and then suddenly you're agitated because you, you know you don't have anything to do that's truly how I'm feeling right now and it's it's also not the truth of what is happening uh, but those portal days and the red serpent itself I don't have a lot of commentary I'm not sure I was really here with it I know that uh, for me sex stuff came up like the romantic sex stuff came up I know that my sexual abuse history came up that's from when I was very young <laughs> nothing like revisiting that but that has something to do with red serpent I um, obviously feel like I survived these things that I put myself through and the kind of workaholic surround like surviving something is a really big part of red serpent and again, like s swimming out of a snakeskin, wriggling out of something that is old, kind of wretched, but you know, itching and scratching our way out of it and then feeling more lithe and free. And um, it's a good one to kind of like have in the rear view. I don't know yet, it's not over what I would miss about it because there will always be things I find like when a wave spell ends, I'm kind of like, but I really love this part of it. Oh, damn, okay, next one. You can feel white mirror coming, you know, on this cosmic day, like I said, I've been sick a couple of days. So 
not, I don't have a lot of energy and I am not working. But I uh, feel that like kind of blah. That reminds me of White Mirror and this is my last little pitch about White Mirror and I'll move on. When we go through the 20 days, White Mirror is always be right before Blue Storm. And uh, Blue Storm is the breakthrough day. So White Mirror being right before, right prior, is kind of what we have to break through from. It's like obfuscation, it's overcast. It is, uh, you know, I think like the stultifying part of ourselves when we're lost in that channel of ceremony where things get really, um, shit gets real. And then Blue Storm is the moment when a, a lot of that tension is vacated, blown apart. That will be coming, you know, a white magnetic mirror could be pretty intense, that's Tuesday, but blue lunar storm, a lunar day within the lunar moon, should be pretty clarifying in terms of like, ah, this is my challenge. I've missed some of those, uh, being able to remind you, like, if you want some real information about this tone, we're going to have a doubling of energy. It's a lunar day and a lunar moon, and you're going to want to feel your way into it. So don't miss this one on Wednesday, blue lunar storm and the lunar moon, this doubling of lunar energy as we finish out the moon, it'll end next Monday, is helpful. I forgot that we also are in the official Mercury retrograde since September 9th or last Friday or uh, what was that? It was a white planetary wizard portal day. Uh, we've been in the real retrograde and I thought getting into retrograde was as about as gnarly as it can be. So I'm finding that that might be part of the coalescence of the white mirror endlessness but also expansiveness and the retrograde tone when you're actually in it it can be pretty wide open so I have said um, about the last several wave spells like great time to be on your own white mirror is not that um, I don't know why I have that conviction, but I know that white mirror is an amazing time to be with someone else or an array of people, but in other words, be with someone else at many instances, because that's where the reflecting happens that is so trippy. I have been in love with three different white mirror men over many years, you know, like starting my first boyfriend was a white mirror. My second boyfriend was a white mirror. And then I had another one. And they are wonderful partners to fall in love with because they are so good at reflecting you. It just feels so connective to be with a white mirror person. And so I think when you're in the white mirror time, anyone you're around is going to reflect and amplify and reassure you. I mean, Having our reflection, having someone be another ourselves is so comforting. That's what our original attachments to our parents or primarily, primarily our mothers is. It's just like, ah, this, this person like smiles when I smile. 
waves when I wave, you know, teaches me to wave when they wave, creates mirroring. That's like a huge child psychology thing. And like a happy adjusted child is one that you, you mirror them so they feel that amplification, they feel matched. So white mirror, you're going to want to be around people because they're going to accidentally and also divinely be reflective for you. And so this isn't the one to stay at home alone. I have to be honest, when I have 16 people at my house, none of them want dogs running around. So my dearest roommates, my dogs, really got treated like pets instead of residents. And I guess that I realized, you know, they have equal say in the house pretty much. And they got like booted out and caged in a room and this, that, and the other. And uh, they deserve to, you know, live fully because that's how they've been trained and released to do so. Now, I am mentioning this just because after spending all this time with 16 people, I really only want to be with my dogs. And I wonder if I'm going to let them be my mirrors or if I'll find some folk out there and try this exercise that I'm inviting or kind of like I'm instructing you to do. Not that I expect anyone to listen. I don't. I'm, that's not my intent, that you would do something specific. But the suggestion is there. It's an experiment, an exploration. Okay, so I've been a little all over the place. Again, I have something going on with my physical brain and body. But just in summary, we completed the Red Serpent Wave Spell and the 10 Portal Days. And I hope you had a deeper awareness of them maybe than I did. I had an epic event happen, but I just, putting it to bed, no one has to hear about it. I got pretty hot-headed last podcast about the situation that I was describing. And I'm like, I need to tone it down. Just to come back around, like it's the eve of the White Mirror Wave Spell and... I am just like being such a baby and I'm I'm so not in my own beliefs developed belief system that white mirror is a wonderful heart opening. I I'm just like I don't <laughs> I don't want to sacrifice anything. I don't want to sacrifice anything more. I feel like I've had a sacrifice for a couple of years in terms of daily um hard labor. So I'm all, what, what, okay, 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 I can always learn more, I can always learn more, I guess it's coming. And that's the healthiest attitude for me in the end, is to just be like, okay, I accede to it, I, I have to uh, just sort of welcome it with a curiosity, but I'm glad it's almost here, just because realizing it's coming has been part of my red serpent experience of having anxiety has been in anticipation of this wave spell so the wave spells coming the lunar moon is still converging with it but i do think that this lunar moon as we move into the final week in the south I mean, I think they could dovetail in a pretty massive way that feels scary but uh, they 
we should have a pretty solid idea of what our challenge is and had some transformation about it also in this time, in this recent third week in the West. And then uh, if you feel like you can't take it anymore, or I've created foreboding in you because of how I've presented this wave spell that's about to arrive, then just know that we're switching in a week to the electric moon. And that is the pattern of how the year progresses in my experience is that the first magnetic moon is full of vigor and a kind of excitement. Things immediately accelerate. And then the second moon, there's stuff that slows down and sort of falls apart even. And we do that for 28 days. And then we're finally kind of liberated by the electric tone, the electric moon that comes after this lunar moon. And it doesn't make it all go away right away at all. But it infuses us when we get to the electric tone. Think of this uh, for Thursday, if the next couple of days are hard for you. That'll be an electric day, yellow electric sun. <sighs> Just living in the... Um, infusion of the the electricity comes from divinity you know the source of the electric tone is uh, from far away uh, much vaster and bigger than ourselves and any challenges we've identified and it's coming it's almost here i'm really doing a lot of self-talk and you guys are nice to listen uh, we can just reconvene here I will make myself available and uh, be another yourself in this time and yeah that's just how it's going to roll out you have your white magnetic mirror on Tuesday your blue lunar storm on Wednesday your yellow electric sun on Thursday and then red self-existing dragon Ah, I am Lisa Starr, I am another yourself, and in Mayan we say, in Lakesh. <laughs>